This is Daily Devotions Best Of with Pastor Tim Dodson from JF Believers Church. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting jfbelievers.com. Gospel of Luke, chapter 21. Beginning in verse 1, we read, He looked up and saw the rich people who were putting their gifts into the treasury. He saw a certain poor woman casting in two small brass coins. He said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For all these put in gifts for God from their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. Luke's account of this story tells us something important to our understanding And that is that Luke says that Jesus watched how the people were giving. Not what they were giving, but rather the attitude and the heart behind their giving. Today, we as believers have a serious need for personal review in this area, I think. The church, you see, largely exists under an idea that the magical 10% figure is somehow a New Testament absolute. And thus, we tend to have the attitude of doing our duty, quote-unquote, when we write a check for $51.33, exactly to the cent, 10% of our paycheck, and net, of course. Now, it's hard to imagine under such self-imposed regulation that our hearts could possibly be right concerning our giving. This woman, though, uh, she had seemingly decided to live by faith and not by cash. What she gave was in reality about one-fortieth of one cent, but we might look at that as a seemingly inconsequential amount by worldly standards, but it wasn't to her. Because what she gave was actually more than all the rest, because she gave out of her poverty. Now it's apparent that this woman did not have the commonly accepted attitude that she was just too poor to give to God. In fact, it seems she had come to the realization that she was simply too poor not to. The scriptural fact is that God seeks our first fruits, the first of our crop. I have always had the idea that I would rather have only a quarter in my pocket and know that I've given God what was His than a million dollars and be holding out. In 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 7, Paul says that we are to give cheerfully. And that term used in the original language actually was the word hilariously. Now that's about as graphic as one could imagine. While Jesus was dealing directly with the issue of financial giving, we know from looking at the whole of his teachings that he was asking for more than one's finances. Now we may feel that we have little to give to God, but such thinking is false at its root. For God isn't interested in shares. He wants everything. And in this passage, the direction that we have before us, is it meaning in some way that we are to give every cent we have? No. For to do so would mean we would have to ignore the other passages which are directing us to care for our families and to pay our taxes and to be good stewards, etc., etc. But... The issue of our giving here is not about the amount, but the cost. King David once said, I will not offer burnt offerings to Yahweh my God, which cost me nothing. 
2 Samuel 24, 24. You see, God doesn't want our tips, nor does he want our leftovers, whether that be money or time or talents. Mankind, it seems, spends untold energy trying to save one's life. Yet by doing so, we are told that we will lose it. Meaning we will not only fail to save our lives, but we will eventually actually cause the loss of our life because we tried to keep it. Yet we are told that those who surrender their lives for his sake, well, those individuals, they'll find it. You see, Psalms 50 verse 10 tells us that God owns the livestock on a thousand hills. He does not need us, but rather he seeks our interaction and our participation. He indeed wants us, and he does require all of us to be his disciples. This woman, well, she gave all she had, not out of constraint or obligation, but out of desire. She gave her money, but in reality, she gave herself. She gave all of herself. Verse 5 of our text here in the book of Luke says, As some were talking about the temple and how it was decorated with beautiful stones and gifts, he, being Jesus, said, As for these things which you see, the days will come in which there will not be left here one stone on another that will not be thrown down. As for these things which you see, Now, in chapter 19, we read of the events that we know of as the triumphant entry. Jesus, he went on for the next few chapters to do a couple of things. One, to call the people to now live out in their lives the display that had transpired there on the road to Jerusalem. For the multitude in chapter 19 had waved palm branches in manifest glory at his coming. They had laid their own clothes down before the Lord so that the donkey which he rode upon would step upon their garments. And they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save now. These were the first of millions of people that would follow. Millions that would cry out, save me, save me. But would at the same time fail to follow through in action with the life, the lived life of the one redeemed. These were the seekers, the strugglers, the spiritually desiring. These people, they were the streets. They carried no renown, no position. These were the small people, you see, the multitudes who have followed this path. And they all crying out, Lord, save me. All desiring to avoid the despair of hell. They were willing, certainly, to surrender the guilt of sin, but they seemed unwilling to surrender their lives and the control of their lives. Secondly, Jesus resoundingly rebuked those who knew the truth, at least they knew it in their heads, but refused in their pride and their worldliness to follow through with that knowledge and to live out that truth. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians... Gang, these weren't baby believers. These were not the uninitiated or the unlearned. In fact, they were just the opposite. 
These were the biblically literate, the scripturally educated, the deity aware. They were the religious power brokers of their time. I mean, these folks, they had it all. They had church and clout and training and public respect and position. These were the good folks, quote unquote. These were the churchgoers of our day, the secular moral, the esteemed in their communities. Yet as a whole, both of these groups ultimately failed to see what Jesus was trying to show them. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus was often heard saying, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com. 